would like to read some scripture tonight from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. And if you'd follow with me tonight. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anathoth, in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a child. You must go to every one I send you and to say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for, with, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. Then the Lord said to me, you have sinned correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a boiling pot tilting away from the north, I answered. The Lord said to me, from the north disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I am about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on, all, on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me, in burning incense to other gods, and in worshiping what their hands have made. Not, uh, sorry, uh, verse uh, 17. Get yourself ready, stand up, and say to them, Whatever I command you, do. Do not be uh, terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Glad to be here tonight. Glad to have my wife and my youngest daughter here with us tonight as well. So we. Amen. Last week, 
the country elected a president. Is that news to you? Probably not. Whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, Independent, and whether your candidate was elected or not, you and I have to admit tonight that politically and socially we are in the midst of an extraordinary moment in American history. Thousands of people across continents, in parks and streets, and even church sanctuaries wept and hugged and danced in celebration after the first African-American was elected president of the United States. Those who have followed this long campaign, both in the primaries and uh, after the conventions, will agree with me that not one single candidate, male or female, raised the issue that they were inadequate, unprepared, lacked experience to take over the most powerful job on this planet. Although I might say their opponents did not fail to make such a caricature. <laughs> Unlike the political candidates, however, Jeremiah was not very eager to promote his candidacy to be a prophet. The title of the message tonight is simply The Calling of a Prophet. His ads, uh, Jeremiah's ads, were not flooding the airways, promoting his rescue plan for the nation of Judah. Uh, the truth of the matter is that uh, when God called on Jeremiah, he simply said, thanks, but no thanks. He said no. Jeremiah said no because he knew he could not do the job. He was just a child, a little boy. In fact, uh, we read in the text, uh, God said to him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God had plans for him very early in his life. Uh, and the concept of knowing in the Old Testament, when God said, I knew you, God intended an intimate relationship kind of relationship between husband and wife. I knew you. So-and-so knew his wife. God had those kind of plans for Jeremiah to know him well and know him intimately, to have a wonderful relationship with him. Uh, but the, the, the text also says there in verse 5, uh, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations, uh, uh, before you were born, I set you apart. This is the kind of consecration God had in mind for him, not only to know him intimately, but to his life consecrated, set apart, sanctified, only for God's use. That's the concept of Old Testament being set apart, whether it's furniture or a nation, a priest or a prophet. God had plans for him. And Jeremiah said, uh, only a child. I would agree with Jeremiah. Uh, he said no because he knew he could not do the job. Being a prophet is a tough thing. It is foolish to accept a job you know you cannot do. 
you're only setting yourself up for embarrassment. The job Jeremiah refused was to be a prophet. To be a prophet. And a prophet is one who is both deeply rooted in God. He is obsessed with God. A prophet. He, he wants to know God in the deep and abiding ways. A prophet is one out of holy who knows God and is obsessed with God but is concerned or has uh, some picture of the, the, the moment, uh, the condition of the times, the reality of the present, the now. So those two things qualify a prophet. He wants to be immersed with God. He wants to be obsessed with God. He wants to, his heartbeat to be God's heartbeat. And he wants to know what's going on around. That's a prophet. A prophet is one who is alive with God, one who breathes and pulsates with the very life of God, but also one who is grounded in the reality of everyday troubles and the inhumanities facing their people. That's a prophet. The work of a prophet is to call people to live right, to right living, to live well, to be human. The work of a prophet is more than a call to say something. The work of a prophet is a call to live out that message. That's a tough assignment. That's a big job. Jeremiah says, I'm just a child. And Jeremiah said, no. But unlike the self-assurance of modern-day politicians, Jeremiah said, I am only a child and I cannot speak. Unmoved by Jeremiah's desire to back away, God will help Jeremiah get it together. Oh, that God will help us get it together. God will help him get it together by refusing his excuses and giving him two compelling visions that will shape his ministry for the rest of his life. For the next 40 years of prophetic ministry, those two visions will shape Jeremiah. Now, you and I, we've read the book of Jeremiah, I, I, I hope, and assume at least portions of it, and we know how the story unfolds. We know how things develop for Jeremiah. He's the weeping prophet. He's carried the burden of his people. He, he's a pastor prophet, uh, a more, sometimes more pastor than prophet. He's the one, one of the prophets who stands alongside the people with God. Unlike some of the other prophets who stands with God and pronouncing judgment against the people and, and calling them to ethical holiness and to live right. Jeremiah seems to be next to the people with God, bearing with them the weight of their disobedience and the burden of their sin and their idolatrous behaviors. So we know how Jeremiah unfolds in the book, but for a child, he did not have that kind of knowledge. 
He was facing the future, called to be a prophet, and he needed some help. He needed some help. God will help him. We'll see this in this passage. In this passage, we see the excuse of inadequacy in God's provision. Verses 6 through 10. Jeremiah said, I am only a child and I cannot speak. I cannot speak. I am not eloquent. We have practiced in pleading our inadequacies in an effort to avoid living the life that God has called us. Don't we? The excuses are endless. I am only a layman. You've heard them. I am only a housewife. Or I, I am not smart enough. I am, I am only a small-time preacher. I am... I only have an eighth-grade education. I and the excuses. I, I, I do not do well in the biblical interpretation courses. I... I uh, or any of the God courses, as a matter of fact, the God courses, I do not do well with. Principles of public speaking is a nightmare for me. <laughs> Almost sounds like Moses, isn't it? Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, Moses said. Jeremiah could no more hold on to his excuses as you and I are today. God touched his mouth and presented him a vision path for his ministry. God validated and authenticated Jeremiah's call by delineating for him some very important aspects of his life vocation. God says, I have put my words in your mouth, and today I appoint you over nations and kings to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. These three pairs of verbs are all involving. In, in the way of faith, we do not escape because it is too much for us. We plunge into it because God calls us. God commands us and God equips us. That's why we do it. It is not our feelings and experience that determines the level of our participation. Rather, it is God who decides about us. Whom he calls, he qualifies, he equips. I find it amazing that by the time we come to the end of this chapter, Jeremiah is no longer inadequate. we are given a most fascinating picture of, of Jeremiah. In fact, he has made a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall. 
And right around this time, some of you here tonight feeling less sure of your future, of the future, than when you first arrived. You're saying to me, or you're saying to yourself, I am far from being a fortified city. I am being ravaged by doubt and feelings of inadequacy. I am struggling to stay in school. I am struggling to keep my family together. I, I, I am no pillar, iron pillar. As a matter of fact, I am falling apart. At times, I am even resentful and downright angry with God for putting me and my family into this situation. I am no bronze wall. In fact, I often feel weak and vulnerable and, uh, and uh, uh, vulnerable to old habits and occasionally tempted to give up. Have you felt that lately? So one week from the end of the first trimester and the papers are piling up. And if you're not careful, depression is beginning to set in. But a prophet is one who is obsessed with God and lives in the now. God gave Jeremiah two visions, one to nourish his soul in the promises of anticipation and the other to help him understand the parameters of the world in which he was going to minister to. Let's take the first vision. Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah said, I, I see an almond branch with blossoms on it. Do you see that in the text? Verse 11, I see a branch of an almond tree. And the Lord said, you've sinned correctly. Got an A. You see, the almond tree is one of the earliest trees to bloom in Palestine, even to this day, in the town of Anatta, which is the new name for Anatha where Jeremiah is from. And uh, before it puts forth leaves, it puts forth blossoms, white like cotton, or since we're here in Colorado, white as snow. What, what do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree. Good, you have sinned correctly. For I am watching to see my word is fulfilled. I am keeping watch over my word, Jeremiah. I, I am on the, on, the, on the lookout for my word, Jeremiah. When it comes out from your mouth, Jeremiah, I am right on it, Jeremiah. I'm going to bring it to fruition, Jeremiah. My word, what do you see? The almond tree with its blossom. You see, the vision of the blossom is, is a sign of promise. It is winter, but spring is on the way. The first sign of spring, the first sign of life. 
It is a sign of anticipation of good things to come. It is, it is the sign that spring is around the corner. Things will be turning green. Birds will migrate back. Flowers will break forth and explode in magnificent colors. Jeremiah, what do you see? The almond branch. Hope, Jeremiah. That's what you see. You see, in the call of Jeremiah, this vision is to bring to his consciousness that God has life to, to, to energize him with and, and hope for the future for him. Even though he's uncertain of what's going to happen, even though he's not sure of the future, God is saying to Jeremiah, take a look. But there is a play on words that we often miss in the English translation here. 